Because I probably just listened to the worst song of 2018 right before I signed on, so my brain cells aren't working. That's impossible. Uh, it's very possible. The, the the song is called Tatiana, and it's by an artist called Blueface, and it's just just, ah! just trash, just trash. Hey, salute to Blueface. <laughs> salute to Blueface. He he can't rap. <laughs> Who got you to listen to Blueface? Uh, just some random, someone randomly posted it on, it was like, this song is bad. So I went, it can't be that bad. I was like, nope, it's it's that bad. <laughs> wow. I can't believe somebody got you to listen to Blueface. Salute to Blueface. Salute to someone who can't uh, rap on beat. Yeah, it's 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 talent. Yeah, my, my little brother loves him. Like, just feels like his music is the best thing ever. Um, you could tell him he's incorrect. Uh, normally I'd say, hey, opinions are opinions, but no, factually he is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I ain't going to listen to none of y'all shit. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I got this funeral in the morning, sad. (laughs) Yeah, I was... I knew that one. I was busy. I I listened to a lot of Charlie Parker instead, and I, I felt better for it. Who's Charlie Parker? Uh, old-timey saxophone Whoa, man. whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. What? You don't know who Charlie Parker is? What? I, you know who I, Blue I, Man Group is or whoever this rapper is, but you don't know Charlie <laughs> Parker? <laughs> I always have to remind you this. I did not listen to music growing up. My parents were deaf. All I could listen yeah, to but, was classic. But you're an adult now. You can listen to everything. And you right. listen to Blue Man Group over Charlie Parker? What is oh, this? What? <laughs> I've seen the Blue Man live twice. I've seen the Blue Man group. He Why said do you something. listen to this guy if, he's, he's, if he's he made the worst? No, blue face. Not, not just, not, he just blue face, even though his face oh. is Oh. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, man, get your shit straight. <laughs> I said, Blue Man group. I said, don't disrespect me now, goddammit. <laughs> but no, uh, regardless of whether it's Blue Man group or Blue Face, uh, Charlie Parker is more essential listening than either of them i'm not doubting you i've just i've just never i haven't heard of them myself we got we, you need to watch whiplash we need to get you to watch that movie why watch whiplash when you can watch the miles davis biopic that movie sucked <laughs> <laughs> that movie fucking dude the ending of that i, I fucking love miles the ending of that movie i wanted to tear my chair out of the fucking theater man it was so dumb Oh, no. Does it does it end with him recording doo-wop? Because no, so so here's how it ends. So you got Don Cheadle doing it. He, he you know the story concludes, and then I forget how they do it. They might just randomly cut to it, but they do like a concert with like it's got like Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock and Tony Williams and like a bunch of people that he used to play with, and then like Don Cheadle sort of like fucking Star Trek's his way onto the stage, just sort of like materializes, and then they like do this jam, and the credits roll. What? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> oh, man. No. Miles' spirit is still alive, man. He's still jamming with Herbie. Oh, so bad. Wow. It was good up until that moment. It was, it, it was, it was totally fine. And and they just they fucking Don Cheadle, man. You let us all down. Wait, so did, did Miles Davis pretty much literally do a poochie? 
I, I don't know about what is uh I don't know about Pucci. Uh, with, uh, uh, I have to go now. My planet needs me, and then just... oh yeah, 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 pretty much. He he just he he comes. It's not even like they have him like playing in the screen behind him, like how they do with like Zappa plays Zappa or something like that. Like it's it's John Cheadle in character as Fifties Miles Davis playing at a show in like 2015 or something like that. Oh, so it's like real footage. It's not. Yeah, it's real. It's a real. There's a real audience. Yeah, it's a real audience, real stage, real show. Holy shit. Yeah, man. It's a bummer. Ryan, why did you recommend this? (laughs) Oh, because I thought Charlie Parker was going to be in it. (laughs) Hologram Charlie Parker. (laughs) He's shooting up his hologram heroin. Yikes. Hey, that's. I will say though, if if you're trying to get into Miles, definitely read the the biography because a he shits on Charlie Parker all the time, <laughs> talking about how he was, like the the one quote I remember from it is is him talking about how Bird was greedy. He would say that a lot, and I can only assume that that meant with heroin or money or something like that. Probably heroin because they were both doing a lot at the time. Um, so yeah. This is a podcast about music. It's called Music Talk. Um, well, that was actually musically related. So um, yeah. it was music That's and me. movies tied into one. Uh, we're, we're not talking about uh, what's the, what's the big film? Uh, uh, a Star Is Born, almost famous. What? Which? What? Bird Box. Bird Box. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of birds, Bird Box um, is a thing on Netflix that apparently many people have watched. Soundtrack by uh, yeah, Prince but... and Atticus, hoping that comes out. Oh, yeah, I might actually soundtrack see is it. Really good. Oh, did you already see it? I'm halfway through it, but I read the book, and the book is significantly better because oh. the entire story revolves around not being able to see what's happening. So the movie kind of ruins that. Yeah, it's kind of essential to the to the movie going experience. Is <laughs> visual? Yeah. Yeah. So really, it should have been a podcast. Yes. And that's it, yeah. guys. We need to buy the we need to buy the rights okay. to the bird to the bird box podcast, and we will we will recreate it. Oh, I've got it right here. I went uh, to Aldi, and it was it was just on the shelf. We'll, we'll get we'll get, jo- we'll get John Leguizamo to play Bird Box, and it'll be really good. <laughs> he said it went to Aldi, and it was on the shelf. Dude, Aldi's got everything. They got they got the fucking blood orange Sam Pellegrino. They got mm-hmm. uh, no bags. The one thing they don't have in Aldi's bags. It's the one thing That's you true. can't get there. Yeah, okay. but everything is organic, so there's that. Guys, we haven't got we haven't got our Aldi sponsor yet. We can we can turn it down. We can tone it down just a little bit. We can tone it down just a little bit. Oh. Wait till we get the sponsor. Then we'll then we'll blow our Aldi wad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> hey, how's, every- <laughs> Shit. How, how, how's everyone doing today? Great. Happy, Happy Kwanzaa, everyone. Happy Kwanzaa. It is the third day of Kwanzaa, if I'm not mistaken. It's the fourth day of Kwanzaa. Wait, fourth. my math is wrong. It is the, wait, 26, 27, 20. Yes, the fourth day. Fourth day, okay. Fourth day. Ujama is the, is the principle of the day. And, and what is that? Cooperative economics. Ooh, so I'm in the black. What? NAFTA. I'm actually. Oh, NAFTA. Jesus Christ. 
It's cooperative what? economics. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do not put no bullshit on Quanta, man. This guy. Oh, my goodness. Hey, well... We are here as is the first time this is the four of us have united and it's going swimmingly. Um, and we're here to do our, our year end wrap up, our annual Riff and Rockies, where we give salutes to uh, good albums, bad albums, and we get into an argument somewhere along the way. Um, but how we've always done our end of the year wrap up is we kind of go around the, the digital room before we get to our awards. And if there's any albums we didn't talk about on the show that we, what good or bad, we want to give a quick shout out to, uh, we do that we could, we gives us a chance to, you know, make acknowledge some of those things. So, um, uh, I I don't know who whoever wants to go first. If there's a you know anything that struck you that we never we never got around to that's worth noting for a good reason or a bad reason. How come we didn't talk about the new Godsmack? Uh, that's a great question, Ryan. Why did we not talk about the new Godsmack? <laughs> I don't because know. it's no longer 1999. <laughs> that why? All right, that might be why. <laughs> Next year, we're talking all Godsmack, the, the 20th anniversary of not being able to talk about Godsmack. I haven't gotten my Chinese calendar in yet. I didn't know it was year of the smack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll you know what, I'll st- I'll st- Ryan. Did you listen to Godsmack? Uh, I believe I heard a single from that album. All right. And they still sound the same as they did back in 1997. Well, we reviewed one of their albums three, four years ago, 1,000 Horsepower. Oh, that's right. That's true. And they, 10, sounded, exactly, and they sounded exactly the same back then, too. Yep. They they really found their groove, and they're sticking to it. Yeah. They're Teflon darns. They, they, never, they don't break. They don't stick. Don't rust. Um... So I guess I'll get this party started. A couple albums I wanted to mention real quick. One, uh, for my weirdo music folks, uh, I think it was just last just last week, I listened to the new, the 2018 release by one of my favorite math rock bands, Giraffes, question mark, Giraffes, exclamation point. Um, if you're a fan of... What kind of rock band? Math rock. Math rock? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nerdy as shit. And it's music that has frequent time signatures and key change signatures, and usually it just sounds like a whole load of gibberish. And their fan base spaghetti. is... Musical spaghetti. It's musical spaghetti. And their fan base is insufferable. Um, and a big boom in the mid-aughts, and then pretty, pretty quickly died thereafter. But there's a couple bands still floating around carrying the torch. One is Giraffes. Giraffes! <laughs> And uh, they keep they put out albums every so often, and they're usually pretty solid. And just like that, 2018's Memory Lane was Memory Lame, I should say. Um, hi yo, these guys are witty. Um, was another f- solid release from them, uh, carrying on that banner of math rock. And I always like to have at least one mathy album to sink my teeth into uh, that will that will make me happy. I don't need a whole lot because there's it, it, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by the math rock, but. Giraffes Giraffes is a great uh, band to listen to if you need it, and they they just they're consistent in their quality, which is great. Uh, and just because I'm a I love my weird ass music, one more in that realm. Oh, uh, as 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 you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the band Magma, and Magma did not put out an album this year, 
Uh, allegedly, Zest is coming in 2019, so I'm very excited. But their style of music, the Tsoi music, uh, there was one band that carried that banner. That's Koenji Hieki with their album Dorim Vishka or Vixha. And uh, it's it's just as frenetically obnoxious as a normal Magma album. And loved it. Japan, thank you, Japan, for providing me with that with that wonderful nugget. And uh, one one not in the weirdo realm, but in the realm of hip hop that really really liked this record. Only 23 minutes. It's FM by Vince Staples. This record is fantastic it's even at 23 minutes somehow it's got like three or four really solid bangers i mean the whole album is just a treat from start to finish uh and it, it, at the runtime of an episode of the office how can you go wrong with with that it's just wonderful um i saw it on a lot of best of lists and it really mm-hmm. deserves to be there because it's fantastic one last one because Ryan mentioned it in a previous episode as I was editing it, and Tiangelo described it as regular. No names, room, <laughs> no names, room twenty-five. Uh, I finally got a chance to listen to it, and it's fantastic. It's a fantastic little record. Interesting. I would not describe it as regular. I would say it's above regular. Bad regular. Bad it's regular. not. It's not as good as her first album, but it's still pretty good. She has a, like a nonchalant vibe that I just I really enjoy listening to. That there's sort of this well I don't give a fuck that I'm here, but but somehow I'm intrigued by that. It's it. She sounds bored, but somehow I'm still excited to be around it. She's definitely a vibe. Yeah, Tiangela, what are some things we didn't discuss that really struck your fancy or didn't strike your fancy? Uh, I think mainly just because it's a lot of music dropped. Uh, right at towards the end of the year, specifically around hip hop. Um, I just listened to the latest Gucci project. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, specifically, uh, the song he had with Quavo called, um, oh shit, excuse me. It was called Bipolar. Um, uh, Kanye West shouted, fuck Kanye West, but Kanye West shouted it as, shouted it out as just, um, kind of bringing some mental health topics to music specifically. Um, I, I, everyone's been ripping and raving about uh, Bad Bunny's debut project. Um, so if you haven't given that a chance, um, if you're from <laughs> the early, excuse me, late 90s like myself, uh, you'll be very excited to know that JoJo remade both of her albums. Excuse me, basically redid both of her albums. She was having some issues with her label and whatnot this again her albums came out way before streaming so to speak um she redid both of her projects and put them both out um if you're into uh well i don't want to say if you're into if you're conscious of the the movement within hip-hop around women and uh the music that they're making um i definitely recommend checking out uh megan Thee stallion uh, she just dropped, uh, I don't want to call it her debut project, but uh, she recently was signed. Um, so I would definitely recommend checking her out. Um, there's a accidentally, I don't even want to say accidentally, someone stole uh, a bunch of SZA songs. Uh, two of them actually had Kendrick Lamar on them and put that out. Um, so I definitely recommend checking that out naturally. Um, check out my boy A Boogie with the Hoodie. Uh, he dropped, I think it's considered his, no, this is sophomore album, excuse me. He dropped his sophomore album, 
Um, from what I've heard so far, I really enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, 21 Savages Project. J. Cole might have gave him the most interesting verse of the year for J. Cole. That's that's a discussion. Um, see anybody? Oh, my guy, uh, Amir Obey. Uh, he finally dropped some new music. Um, it's just a three-song EP, but the song he has on there called Famous is, damn, probably one of my favorite songs of the past couple months, and it just came out, so that kind of says a lot for me. Um, Kodak Black's project dropped. Uh, it was okay. I wasn't, like, blown away. Um, Vic Mensa dropped. So I definitely recommend checking out Vic Mensa. Um, I haven't checked out the new extension project. Uh, Crit dropped another EP. So check out Crit. Um, Little Baby's project wasn't as impressive as I wanted it to be. Uh, I probably would never talk about this project outside of right now, but, uh, Danny Lee dropped her debut album, The Plan. So if you like, like, R&B, rappy, sonic kind of music, You'll like Danny Lee. And the rest is probably people that I'm going to talk about uh, for the Rockies. So I'll stop there. So you, you mentioned Kanye West earlier. And, you know, one thing that just surprised me this year, I was, I was kind of going through the year-end lists, kind of seeing if there's anything I missed. And despite the hoopla surrounding the politi- his politics, whatever side of the fence he was deciding to be on for that day, a lot of people, for for a lot of talk of people boycotting his records or whatever, pretty much everyone put his record on their like a lot of publications put ye or uh, on their best of twenty eighteen list. It was pretty pretty interesting. Because everybody um, doesn't I give believe a fuck. it's pronounced yay. <laughs> everyone doesn't give a fuck like we do. People just listen to music just to listen to music, and I'm like, no, I boycott the fuck out of Kanye. I don't touch anything Kanye did. Excuse me, the only thing I touched that Kanye touched. Was Pusha T's uh, project Daytona with Daytona, right? Yeah, yeah, Daytona. I didn't listen to Tiana Taylor. I didn't listen to his album with him and Cuddy. I didn't listen to his album. Um, you know, don't wear the three fifties around me. Salute to Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what did you listen to that we we have we haven't covered? Man, so have you guys heard of this album called Coco, the soundtrack to the Disney Pixar motion picture. I just watched it last night. I finally, I just watched that movie. What? I've seen that movie 70 times this year. Because you have a small child. <clears throat> yes. And how many times have you watched Moana? Uh, Double that. And how glad are you that Moana's off Netflix? I'm so happy. I actually just tried looking for it today, like uh, half an hour ago. Do you have to feign disappointment for your daughter when you're like, oh, Netflix took it down, sorry. Yeah, but really she sad. doesn't. She doesn't accept no for an answer, so <laughs> she, she definitely threw a little hissy fit. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Santa got her every movie she's ever loved on Blu-ray, <sighs> so she can waste all that time watching his goddamn movies. <laughs> anyway, this year was great. There's a lot of music that came out this year. Muse came out with an album that didn't entirely suck, like their last three <laughs> albums. Um, but it's still not as good as their first, like, four albums. Uh, what's it called? Simulation Theory. Um, 
Who else? No Names album was great. It's not as good as the first one, but you'll listen to it anyway. Everyone needs to listen to Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer. Uh, it is, mm. if people haven't already picked it for like the, their top albums of the year, it's, it's definitely up there. Um, so make sure you check that out. Um, what else? Oh, holy shit, guys. I never thought I would ever have anything just good to say about Dave Matthews band, but <laughs> his album come tomorrow is nothing short of stunning. I never thought that the villain from You Don't Mess With The Zohan would ever amount to anything. But here he is making some good music. Like, um, oh, why can't I think of the name? Uh, Samurai Cop. That's a great song. Everyone should listen to it. Um, and then I only have one other one that's an honorable mention. Because everything else I'm just going to bring up for these awards you guys are ready for this but hosier came out with a great ep called nina cried power it's all about nina simone and pete seeger a bunch of other great artists that put their uh message over their careers and they spoke out for the the little people and now they're legendary so uh he did that song with mavis staples noted icon um great singer uh, who's had a straight about how much, how big of a asshole Donald Trump is. Fuck Donald Trump. Um, but Mavis Staples should be president instead. And a perfect circle also came out with the album talking shit about Donald Trump called Eat the Elephant. That is notable. <laughs> it, uh, it rides that line between garbage music and pretty good music. It's, it's that middle, it's that middle area. Um, and that's it for me. Sure. Um, this 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 is a hard year for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say it. I hated 2018. I thought it sucked. So all of these honorable mentions are not they're not most honorable mentions. They're 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 moderately barely scraping by honorable mentions. These are these are C plus honorable mentions. Um, Zappa Family Trust. Uh, noted villain of Frank Zappa fans everywhere. <laughs> um, recently, uh, finally released the complete Roxy performances, the legendary three night run that Mother's Invention did in 1973. Uh, the band is cooking. Um, it, it's it's just one of those bands that you know totally lives up to the hype. Um, so definitely check that out if if you want to hear some uh, some crazy jazz fusion exercises. Um, a a a late comer that that I discovered a a week or so ago. This um, Kamal Williams album, The yes, Return, yes, yes, um, sort of reminds me of Bad Bad Not Good. It's um, sort of uh, jazzy instrumental hip hop esque stuff, mostly um, uh, like fuzzy buzzy keyboards mixed with drums. Um, so that was a cool listen. That record was uh, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, Goatman, a member of the Swedish psychedelic rock collective Goat, put out a solo album um, called Rhythms. Um, I literally just found this album two hours ago. Um, it's pretty interesting. It definitely leads more heavy into the world music aspect than the psychedelic rock. You've got a lot, of, um, a lot of drumming, percussive grooves, that sort of thing. It definitely lives up to the album name of Rhythms. 
moving on from that, a uh, a cool uh, single that was released for April Record Store Day, um, a collaboration between Brian Eno and My Bloody Valentine guitarist Kevin Shields. Um, it's ambient music with these two guys, um, so there's really not much more uh, that needs to be said about that. Ambient music is ambient music. Um, another one, Currents Constellations by the Nels Klein 4. Uh, Nels Klein being the guitarist for Wilco, um, a.k.a. the most underutilized musician uh, next to maybe Flea in the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> in terms of um, rock talent versus uh, actual utilization. Um, Nels is mostly known for doing really, really hairy uh, stuff on his solo releases, and this one is a lot more tame. It came out on Blue Note. Um, so if you like uh, like chordal jazz guitar stylings, um, that's a good album for you. Uh, King Crimson put out two live albums this year. Was it two, Alex, or was it just one? Was it Vienna and Meltdown? Vienna came out Vienna came, tw- like came out th- digitally last year, right? And Vienna has come out like year. three different times. So okay. I mean, you just got to pick which which year <laughs> it came out, which version <laughs> of it you're picking. But I uh, I think the formal physical release was finally this year with the uh, with uh, the exclusive tracks from Mexico. But then yes, then, then there's Meltdown live in mexico <laughs> <laughs> so both both those albums were cool meltdown was cool because you got the the blu-ray aspect um they still didn't do a very good job at editing this concert footage i wish i could grab uh robert fripp by his very starched lapels and say what are you doing um but i can't so i won't um vienna was also cool because uh there was uh, a couple bonus tracks at the end there where they took um bits of uh, interludes and, and solos and stuff like that to make these totally new compositions. Um, so that was interesting to listen to. Uh, Matty Travaris of um, previously mentioned Bad, Bad, Not Good put out a soul album this year, sort of like a lo-fi, uh, a chill, chillaxing uh, pop affair. Um, so that's a nice little positive listen there. Uh, John Zorn put out an album with his uh, Simulacrum Collective, which is a, let's see, it's two guitars, bass, drums, and keyboards, and it's sort of like uh, heavy metal jazz music, um, so that was a cool listen. And lastly, An Angel Fell by Idris Alkamore and the Pyramids, who are sort of, uh, they're like spiritual jazz, sort of in the vein of um, later John Coltrane or you know any era Sun Ra. So that was a that was a nice new listen because that's a, that's a style of music that you have to go way back into the into the decades to to find stuff for. So it's cool that someone's still doing it in 2018. Awesome. Well, then that means it is time to get into our awards. We we were a lot more streamlined than we used to be, thank God, because uh, th- these these things used to get a little get a little hairy, but. Uh, I, I think um, I think we, we, we got it. Uh, so we're gonna start off. I, uh, so we're gonna start with best debut. So this is the best initial outing uh, by an artist. Um, Chris, it looked like you you decided to skip this category. Nothing nothing oh. struck your fancy. <laughs> no, this year. Well, I could I could have put things in there, but like. I wanted to sort of keep it to a situation where it's like, okay, this is a brand new artist. This is someone who 
um, isn't writing on the laurels of a previous band or project or something like that. Just a totally new person coming out of the weeds to deliver that, that righteous album that 2018 needed. And, uh, they weren't there. I was, I was left at the, uh, at the, um, at the altar. All right. So I got nothing for best debut 2018. I'm keeping the award myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it on my shelf. Right, Ryan. I have I have to agree with Chris. Um, turns out that I did not listen to a single new artist this year, at least one that really stuck out. Um, and Post Malone doesn't count, A, because he's not new, and B, because he sucks. <laughs> hey, Peter! Yeah. <laughs> so, so I will give my award to Chris. Yes! <laughs> I'm on a hot streak! All right, D'Angelo, it's just you and I. What did, what did you put down? Uh, so it's my boy, 6 9 Okay. <laughs> Trey White, even though we can't say that anymore. <laughs> uh, I put 6 9 Dummy Boy, uh, for best debut project. Uh, mainly, I honestly made this. So you, just before you get into it, you are aware that this is for best debut and not for best, like, molestation of a 13 year old, right? No. <laughs> is this the guy that's dead? No, no, this, that's... no this is the guy who who beat his wife and uh, and touched a thirteen year old. No, no, no. XXX Tentacion was the one who beat his wife. Six Nine just claimed he was a blood and a crip and had guns, and now he's in a federal oh, jail. That's no, I was I was looking it up on Wikipedia. He definitely smacked his wife in the mouth. Oh, oh. Six Nine apparently. Takashi. Six Nine is not married. Or maybe it was his <gasps> girlfriend. It said that he had a daughter. Wait a minute. We got fake news here. We so have to apologize to D'Angelo. Six, six nine fake news. I'm like, what? I'm like, neither one of those guys is married. Well, one of them definitely isn't married. So not married, but he does have a child. Okay. So his his life partner. He oh smacked her. D'Angelo, tell us about this album. <laughs> Before it just turns into a character assassination. First off. Nah, I'm not even 6'9". I feel like I have to defend the, the guy for the kid thing. Because uh, the, the kid thing is... It, it's really bad. It's pretty heinous. So the the kids... I'm not even trying to defend this seriously. Yeah, uh, let's just talk about his music. Yeah, 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 I had to bring it up. I apologize. It had to be said. Because well, you, you can't bring that shit up and then not put context. <laughs> it was a mistake. I'm, I'm acknowledging... You know what? I'm going to give you... I'm going to keep the award that I gave myself, but I'm going to give you Ryan's award that he gave me <laughs> as a token of apology. He was never married. The 13-year-old was on a music video set that someone else had set up for one of his songs. He had no idea that the, that the, the young person on set was 13. So that's that's all I'm saying on that, because I'm, I'm not defending anyone's heinous crimes, but I, I would definitely say that he was on a music video set. He did not structure or organize the women that were on set. It was later found out that that young woman was a child, and that and he and he and you can find interviews where he freely spoke about the situation. So I'm not going to defend it, but he he spent he did his time. He did it for once. He actually did that. He did the crime. He did the time. Okay, <laughs> most of. You know, if you're going to talk about him, let's talk about all these movies that we watch from these directors that sexually assaulted hundreds of women. 
but we don't talk about that. We want to talk about six nine and his accidental touching of a young of a young kid. But you know that's no, just, B. We're talking about all of it. <laughs> that's what, but that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna bring up that, bring up all the other shit. We just we just jokingly spoke about Kanye West, but this man literally said slavery was a choice and a whole bunch of other comments that we're not even discussing. So if you're gonna talk about it, talk about all the shit. I mean, I was, yeah, we're, after this, we're going to do a reaction uh, episode to Kevin Spacey's craziest fuck video he released on Christmas Day or whatever it was. Oh, that's a bummer. Let me be frank. <laughs> oh, my God. He fuck him. I can't, I can't watch Usual Suspects anymore. It's bullshit. I still can't do I don't know. I don't know where his PR team was. Like not there apparently. Definitely not there. Not, not on set. <laughs> that is when they were absent. But but you're saying you're saying you like the album though. The album is good. Oh <laughs> Y'all throwing too much shit at me when all I wanted to talk about was this guy fucking album. I thought well, you got six nine is a loaded subject. That is, he is. That's like, hey, let's talk about Gary Glitter. We cannot get away from no. he is a whack ass pedophile. Just let you actually talk about the album. Who is Gary Glitter? Rocket, you know the song. We don't, Rocket Rocket we don't have time for this. He did the song Rock and Roll Part 2. If you ever went to a sporting event, you've heard it. Um, and look him up on Wikipedia. He is a full fledged pedophile. But anyway, 6 9 Dummy Boy. Gotcha. Okay. 6 9 Dummy Boy. Uh, I don't even fuck it. I can't even say shit about this shit now. <laughs> fuck it, six nine. Yeah, I picked him as my debut. That's all I got to say. Moving on. <laughs> God damn. But why was it, okay? No, no, no. Seriously, why was it a good? Because I base I listened to his I, I listened to his I listened to his EP and I hated it so much. So I'm really curious because you're not the only person to say this was good. So I'm curious why why this all of a sudden rose to the occasion. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of his shit. I'm I'm definitely curious. Fuck you. It was good. All I gotta say. Fuck. You. I mean, I might go out and buy it. You could say I'm bi curious. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, my. Spoil <laughs> my serpent with me. Oh yeah. So before before I get to this, um, I have. I have to make I have to make a shout out to another uh, debut release uh, that uh, I also really really liked. Uh, I, I'm gonna butcher this name, and she's put out a couple mixtapes, but this is her and I wish well, she put out one mixtape and one EP, but this is her first full studio uh, album. The album was called Isolation, and the artist is Kali Uchis or Kali Uchis. Um, I'm massacring that. I apologize, but she is a I believe Colombian American. Uh, musician and yes Colombian American and this album is really really good it mixes us uh, uh, R&B lounge jazz um, some Latin influences some hip-hop as well uh, the uh, one song randomly features both Tyler the Creator and Bootsy Collins in one song which is very strange I'm gonna have um, to check that one out I thought this was a really, really good album, um, rock solid, and uh, very, very much worth your time. I'm, I'm going to just say pretty much all the best albums I ended up finding for 2018, a good chunk of them were after I went through NPR's list, and they went, oh, this is where all the good shit is. Um, except for one album, which I won't even get into. But 
So then we, but my my pick for best debut was uh, he's released an EP, but this is his first this is his first full length LP release. It's uh, the album is called Soil, and the uh, artist is Serpent with Feet, uh, and that is spelled all lowercase as one word. Um, so have fun Google searching that shit. Um, Serpent with Feet is a wild ride. Uh, it is I I get influ I get um some. Blue-eyed soul influences. I get a lot of Bjork influence. Uh, I get uh, there's a lot of things going on at once. It's it's a it's a it's a very very strange album, and it's a very but it's a very heavy album. Uh, a lot of times it's not a happy album. Um, the content matter matter is often extremely explicit. Uh, often talking about the the he is he is a he is a he is a gay man and talking about his relationships with other men and just in the face yeah there are definitely lyrics that uh touch on subjects like that which no problem with i have just i can't recall an album that is so uh, upfront about it and so it was definitely i was definitely taken aback but then it kind of also made me reflect on you know i've heard how many horrible songs of um about especially from the 70s of people having sex with teenagers or people having consummate sex in, in the later decades when you could stop when you had to stop writing songs about having sex with teenagers um and so i'm like oh how come i've listened to a million of those tracks i'm like okay whatever then i hear this and i'm like whoa but so that i think it made it made me think which obviously is a good thing about the record um the song cherubim has a really provocative and interesting music video as well and also one of the one of the tr- strongest tracks also the closer bless your heart is one of the more uh formula uh, sort of more traditional sounding uh, uh songs because this album a lot of times there's not like really verses and chorus it's just sort of this <laughs> collection of interesting sounds that forms something that sounds like a song uh, but I love this record I think it's brilliant I think it's cr- unbelievably creative uh, I am uh, Serpent with Feet has a very uh, beautiful voice. Um, originally was a was a singer in a choir, and I believe was originally trying to get into opera. So clearly has some fantastic pipes, and I am super excited to hear more by him in the future because this is someone who has uh, a lot of creativity and a lot of good ideas, and there's they're just they're going to be coming in the future. So more more power to him, and uh, yeah. This this buy this record, buy three copies, and give give them to your homophobic relatives to make them feel really uncomfortable. The end. They <laughs> left. <laughs> I I th- there is some there is a lyric I remember vaguely that was something like to the end of like to the extent of I I want I like when he finishes or he ends the world inside me, and I'm like oh <laughs> Jesus, which again I've heard also. All sorts of euphemisms for getting into honey pots and and all sorts of shit like that, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, and I'm like, okay, cool, and then I hear that I'm like, oh, hey there, <laughs> oh, hey there, that's where you went, right? Dude, those, those apocalyptic money shots, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it, and this album cover is also, it looks like he's dressed in like a FedEx package, but like envelope package thing. He made an outfit out of it. Anyway, best huh. comeback. So this is <laughs> a, the release by an artist either who has had a lull of of sorts and has now put out something that disproves that, or has been out of the game for a while and has uh, proven the proven otherwise, or has now made a solid comeback. Uh, 
Ryan. Oh, yeah. So I got three of them. You ready for this? I'm going to round them off real fast. You got Good Charlotte. You got Papa Roach. You got P.O.D. Well, we could have multiple entries. I mean, if you want. I can. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. Man. God damn it. Yeah, all three of them had great albums this year. You should all listen to them. They're not at all the worst sounding music you ever produced. Um, but of course, that's a joke. All those bands suck. Do not listen to those albums. Uh, my pick for this was um, Paul McCartney's Egypt Station. I know he never really went away, but um, his last few albums did suck, especially 2013's New. Um, it was real bad. But with Egypt Station, he really got his A game back, and he made the best and worst song of the year. And um, that's going to be a category this year, guys. And I've got an entry, so um, <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> All right. But yeah, my pick is Egypt Station. The end. Uh, my pick was David Byrne's American Utopia. Um, David Byrne hasn't put out a specifically solo album in a very long while. The last few albums he's put out have all been collaboration albums, whether it's uh, with Brian Eno, whether it's with Fatboy Slim or St. Vincent. And it was great to get a dedicated David Byrne album. This album is rock solid from beginning to end uh, f- t- with a great balance of David Byrne quirkyisms, but also really genuinely good songwriting um, songs like the opener. I dance like this, which starts with this raspy voice and sweet little piano and a- acoustic guitar bit, and then just dives into pummeling bass tones is wild and delicious um, everybody's coming to my house. Uh, you can, you've probably seen, uh, Stephen Colbert play with David Byrne doing the song or seen a live performance of it. It's amazing. It is catchy, full of polyrhythms and all sorts of greatness. Um, every song on this album is, is just a total treat. Uh, you should have caught him live when he was touring because this was probably one of the best live shows I have seen ever, definitely for 2018 as well. Um, David Byrne's American Utopia, once again, proving that, he is a legend uh, in in the music world, and we need to be recognizing him because he has just put out so many, so many excellent records. Um, a couple of just quick shout-outs in this category. Another one was Dr. Octagon's Moose Bumps, an exploration into modern-day horror palation. Uh, I picked this one up because one of my favorite bassists, Juan Alderete, played the bass on this record. And regardless of that bias aside, this is a really solid hip-hop album. Um, he's a friend of the show oh yeah i interviewed him many years ago and he he (laughs) likes my tweets sometimes uh juan you 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 crushed it on this on this album um you it was also really weird to see you on a on a live stream of a street fighter tournament a couple weeks ago wait what (laughs) so dr octagon recorded a song for street fighter 5 um and so they decided to perform it live at a tournament so juan showed up to play one song and then he left and it was really really awkward k increíble (laughs) right um and uh one more just quick nomination uh spiritualized and nothing hurt i think it's been five six years since spiritualized has put out an album and this album five years five years uh i'm going to see them in the spring i'm very excited but this album is now and it's beautiful it's majestic and like all spiritualized albums and you should listen to it that is a good pick good job 
Thank you. D'Angelo, <laughs> best comeback. All right. Uh, best comeback for me easily was Meek Mill's champion. Uh, this guy was in prison for, I think it was three to six months. And I believe he was looking at two years. Um, he was fighting the case throughout. I don't know if you guys were following his situation, but there was issues with the, the judge uh, asking him to do very honestly disturbing things as a judge. Really, like what? Some of the things was, was asking Meek Mill to sign. I don't know if it was her sibling or her niece or nephew um asking him to like sing i don't know if it was sing a song or rap a song while in the courtroom that's fucking whack yeah i I couldn't imagine (laughs) one thing judges aren't supposed to do that in general but then to literally ask to sign a family member to his record label like assumedly get less time is absolutely ridiculous I, I, uh, I feel like that's just, you know, slightly corrupt. Not, like, super corrupt, but, you know, just, just right, tip t- right. in that dial. <laughs> that, no, that's that's mad corrupt. That's fucking, <laughs> like, the, the justice system is not a barter system. It's Look, if you, sign my, if you sign my shit nephew to your record label, I'm going to let you out of prison. That's right. how we do it in the old country, kid. Well, it's, like, it's bad, but it's like, you're dumb as fuck because this is the major artist like this is a you know he's at the top of whatever label he's at and you're asking him to rap or sing songs to get less jail time um but he got out uh i think what why i say he's the best comeback is because you know he's coming back from a you know people say he lost his beef with drake um him and Nicki minaj broke up um Wins and losses didn't do as well as he would have liked. Um, I'm sure a lot of people damn near probably counted him out. Um, he came out of prison, uh, really, as you know, as he said in a few interviews, really put his, really put some thought and effort into the music that he was making. This album, this go around to not only make the music that we know him for, but to make some more socially conscious music. Um, that would affect the young people who we know listen to his music. Um, the album did extremely well, numbers wise. Um, it's probably very close to being gold at this point. Um, it was just a, it was an excellent album in general. I listened to the album at least three or four times in full. Um, I just really enjoyed the project. I really enjoy uh, the visuals that he's been putting out. Um, he's been really conscious about what he's doing right now. And it's showing. You know, the guy got to be on fucking CNN. This is someone who used to sell crack on the street and is now on CNN talking about um, prison reform. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's now selling crack on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. Why would you say some shit? Bullshit, man. Fuck you, man. But, you know, salute to me, man. He's, you know, he's doing his part at this point. And I just... Uh, I just appreciate what he's doing. So, let's come back. Was that the only release he made this year? Um, no, he did. He put out uh, Meek and Music. Uh, I think he put out two separate EPs of Meek and Music. Okay. Uh-huh. One quick take back. Uh, I forgot to mention a best comeback. Uh, the Carter Five, which, although about... How is that a comeback? How was that a comeback? 
Because he has to put out. Go anywhere, Alex. Let it go anywhere. Yeah. It was about 20, probably like 20 minutes too long, but even still, like, every song was solid. Every song was enjoyable. There were some really good singles. Um, it, it was it was wonderful, and it was a great way. And then this is, like, allegedly his retirement album, so... Oh, the, yeah, the fifth retirement album of his? Yeah, the retirement album number five, Fifth Time's the Charm, and uh, he did a great job. Chris, tell us about your best comeback. Well... Like similar to the debut, I, I had troubles. I had I had troubles coming up with uh, coming up with something here, and so like I wasn't even a fan of this album. This this is going to be on the uh, the the my diatribe that I'm gonna be going on in like 40 minutes from now, where we talk about why this year sucked. <laughs> um, but but the now now by Gorillaz, um, it's easy to make a comeback when your your last album is is really garbage. And uh, the one before that is uh, slightly less garbage, um, but the now now sort of recentered Gorillas to to you know what it what it means to be a Gorillas album, um, and so I appreciated it in that aspect. Even though like on a point for point basis, I thought the album was pretty weak. Um, you know, there's certainly not a band that uh, I want to banish to uh, you know Siberia or some shit like some of the. Uh, bands that we'll be talking about later but um but yeah i want to see them keep going i want to see them keep putting stuff out and i think that the now now was a good uh step forward for them biggest letdown an album that was hyped or you heard good things about or an artist you're super excited about and it just fell flat ryan yeah so there's a couple um but i'll just go with the one that no one listened to (laughs) Um, and that's Interpol's Marauder. Um, Interpol used to be one of my favorite bands. They were really good at what they did, and now it's just them playing the same shitty music on a loop, and the singer whine screaming over everything, which is not uh, what they used to do. And now <laughs> it is what they are doing, and it's 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 a huge letdown. They they were the chosen one. But now I'm going to die of sadness. Uh, <laughs> Chris, biggest letdown. I'm Gala Temple, uh, Visible Airships. Oh, Me and Alex Lord. just did an episode on this. Um, this album is is wallpaper. Uh, this album is um, it's freeze dried butter. It's uh, it's 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 moldy white bread. It's um, it's fucking uh, chipped paint. It's it's all these things uh, and more. Um, these these guys are they're from uh, Yage Yazist, one of the uh, best. I don't even know how to classify them groups from the uh, naughty oddies. Um, and uh, they they came together to do something, uh, do do this uh, this psychedelic progressive instrumental album, and uh, it's a total snooze fest. I was really really hyped for it. Um, and uh, it let me down in a not easy way. So uh, I'm Gala Temple. Enjoy your shitty award. Tell, T'Angelo, tell us about your biggest letdown. Andrews Can Pack is personally one of the best musicians that I've heard of in quite some time. His voice is original. The sound is original. Um, prior to Oxnard, um, both of his projects, Yes Lord and Malibu, were 
my favorites in whatever year they came out in. Um, but this album, I think it's considered his debut. No, it would his- be, it'd be Malibu, wouldn't it? Yeah, Malibu. This is his first I, album. Malibu wasn't considered um, a mixtape? No. No, I don't, no, that was I, the I album. Think the, I think the one before it is considered a mixtape. I think Malibu's an <laughs> album, though. Okay, Malibu's... Okay, so we can assume this is a sophomore project. Yes. If we're talking about... More slump. This brother fell right in. <laughs> this album is just absolutely garbage. Like the sound, the energy, everything about it is lackluster. Uh, I saw the video that he put out of his song with um, K Dot uh, with his son. I'm like, when you gotta have your son? Do your whole motherfucking video. <laughs> like, are you shooting for the cute factor in this shit? Like, I was just so fucking disappointed. I'm like, because this man has not disappointed me yet. The single with K-Dot is damn near the only good song on the project to me. And that song isn't even, like, crazy. Tense. Like, it was, okay, dope. He had a song with K-Dot. And they just kind of came and went. But this album literally came and went. It came out. No one spoke about it. They disappeared. I'm like, I think Anderson Pack even knows this project is out. <laughs> like, he did an interview with the Breakfast Club. And I'm like, bro, why are you up here? Why the fuck are you talking about this project? And it was crazy because DJ Envy is trying to be the nice guy. I listened to half of it. It was cool. It was cool. I'm like, damn. He didn't even say it was good on a nationally syndicated radio station. He didn't even say he finished the album. Yeah, that's brutal. That's a double whammy. That's brutal. <laughs> that's so bad. That's so backhanded. Half of it was cool. And I know Anderson Pack was in his brain like, damn, they ain't fucking with my shit either. They ain't fucking with my shit either. And it was just like they cared more about his story than the music. And that is never good. That is never, ever good. No. Like when you they have to really, all they care about is your story. Bro, you've been around for about two, three years. We all have heard this. We didn't heard this shit already. And ain't none of this, ain't none of this shit you're saying up here new. We just came here with this new whack ass project. Bullshit. It's, with this whack ass name, Oxnard. What the fuck is Oxnard? Somebody tell me that I was confused. I said, I mean, this you, was you, you hit the nail on the head with the sophomore slump. Like, that really puts it into uh, into perspective, I think. Because, like, Malibu, definitely one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. I fucking love that album. And, um, you know, it's so good. It's 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 hard to follow up. And I, I think you really I think you really nailed it by, by bringing up uh, the sophomore slump as a thing. Leslie, yes, Lord was damn near better, if not the same as Malibu. It was amazing fucking music. Yes, Lord was crazy. And I don't even know if Yes, Lord is considered a sophomore project because it was a it was like a collaboration project. With yeah, that it pers- came out like a, a month or two after Malibu. Jo- oh, that quick? Was it that mm-hmm. quick? Okay. So maybe it was just some leftovers that he did specifically with that producer. But that shit was absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if 
Anderson Pat got what he got out of the music game, and he's just trying to stay in it. But this shit right here is not it, man. That's all I gotta say. I mean, I wasn't as hard on it, but I would agree. And I think the biggest there's two two things that I would say that really make this a big letdown. Um, one you touched on already, which is he's got such a strong track record, and and for this to have quite the misstep like this is pretty shocking. Um, random point of information: Oxnard is a town in California, so we now know it's that. down the street from Malibu. That's like it's yeah, it's a, oh, it's down yeah. Highway One. Guys, Malibu was another name of a Anderson Pack record, which means that his third album will be called Thousand Oaks, and then he'll team up with Red Hot Chili Peppers to put out California. Oh my god. I'm not gonna lie, that I I would be excited for that album. <laughs> It'd be in the, in the expanded pack verse, I'd be uh I'd be on okay with that. Anyway. It'll it'll be called California. This podcast it's is over. <laughs> <laughs> but the fuck, <laughs> this is too good. Um the other piece of it is look at the features on this record. You, Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre. You got Dr. Dre to come out of retirement. He was busy selling headphones on the street, and now he's in the studio. Uh, Pusha T, Snoop Dogg, uh, J. Cole, and one of my favorites, Q-Tip. I mean, that is uh, that is a who's who of legends and fantastic people. And you put out an album which I would describe as average. I wouldn't. I'd say I'd give it basic album. Yeah, it's it's very it, and so like I like the the two singles were fine. Tinson, who are you? Are fine, but yeah, it to me it almost sounded like he was trying to make like a Bruno Marsy kind of album and fuck that up bad. Yeah, I could I could see that. But I also so it sort of has that like fun party feel. Yeah, even but, though I like, guess Malibu did too. But 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 Malibu had that like we're about to fuck feel. Oxnard was like <laughs> Oxnard's like. Oxnard is like when that friend zone person shows up and it's like, yeah, it's on now. And you're like, oh, God damn it. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Um, anyway, uh, my, my nomination for biggest letdown was 2018 as a whole. Uh, this, Amen. This, Preach. This, this year sucked. Uh, everything about it sucked. Uh, and it's it looks like it's gonna end sucking as well. It's gonna leave this world as it entered, just being a big piece of shit. Um, so many albums came out that I was hyped for, or that I was excited about because the artist was has a consistent track record, or was were hyped to me, and just were total bummers. Um, Adrian Young's project. Adrian Young is usually so consistent, and this was the most bland. Both of his projects. I did, all I heard was Voices of Gemma, and that was just a total dud. It sounded like everything else he's done, but just lazier and less fun. Uh, everyone kept telling me this Arctic Monkeys record was gonna be was like the thing to listen to. That was oh why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was just pointless meandering and a man just kind of growling into a microphone. It kind of had like a like if if like a studio executive told. Captain Beefheart to clean up his act. That's kind of what it sounded like. Ooh. <laughs> um, so everyone kept t- hyping to me this uh, album uh, Negro Swan by Blood Orange. That album was super fucking boring. Uh, the new Death Heaven. And I I am sold on Death Heaven. Wow. How how did you bungle that? The new Death Grips was was not as strong. The new Decemberists. Yikes. 
Um, Franz Ferdinand, who I always find is a consist are consistent in their mediocrity, but always there for some good songs. Really lackluster record. Um, the new fucked up was terrible. Uh, it just ooh yikes 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 and more yikes. But I got I got pick something. You know I got I got pick something. Um, and you know I'm. Fuck, it's so hard. It's so genuinely hard. But you know what? Here, here's what I'll here's what I'll give because I didn't put it as my worst album. It was on my list of worst albums. But I'll give it to Justin Timberlake's "Man of the Woods" because because wow. <laughs> he put out. Wait, 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 wait. Are your biggest surprise is Justin Timberlake? No, d- biggest letdown. Let biggest letdown. Smart man, smart man. I mean, my <laughs> biggest. My, I guess my biggest surprise was how garbage this record was. <laughs> um, hey, uh, it just. This album is a bizarre bungle of bad ideas of trying to make modern pop music and country folk like work. It is, it is like taking two different animals and smashing them together, trying to get them to breed. It, it doesn't work. It's abysmal. I mean, remember that song "Supplies"? We all heard it. Or he's got supplies. It sucks. It it fucking sucks. This record is so shitty it is unbelievable but there's there are far shittier albums this year that we'll get to whole lord we will get to (laughs) but i just need to remind everyone that this is the guy who put out the 2020 experience which had like just a mountain of fuck fuck anthems just anthems the fuck to and then he put it was 60 songs 60 songs it is just um it is just the soundtrack to to an orgy it is it is if i if if you know eyes wide shut were to come out now you'd have to put (laughs) 2020 experience in there as the soundtrack Hey, there's a film person in this crowd. Um, but this album is just. <laughs> I'm just such... imagining not not having like Shostakovich classical music and having Justin Timberlake just instead. Have... <laughs> I be on my suit shit, shit. Anyway, this record is trash. It was such a bummer because he's he was on such a good trajectory, and uh, then he he blew he blew the weirdest wad I have ever heard in my life. Uh, biggest surprise: uh, an album you weren't anticipating to be good. Or an artist that you usually associate with with garbage and put out something you were you were pretty impressed by. Um, I'll go first because I haven't gone first yet. And uh, my nomination was uh, "Invasion of Privacy" by Cardi B. I fully anticipated that this record was going to be trap nonsense that would have made me hate myself. Um, the way it was hyped, the way it was publicized, I was like, "Oh God, this this, this is just not going to be a good listen." Um, but I kept hearing Cardi B, Cardi B, Cardi B, Cardi B. And this album cover reminded me of the music video, uh, the I Want, the, I forget the name of the song, but the I Want My MTV, uh, that song with the. Money for Nothing? Thank you. It, it, it somehow it reminds me of that mixed with some, with some Max Headroom type shit. Um, and so I kept staring at it and I went, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta listen to this. I gotta listen to this goddamn album. Like, I just, I have to. And, Pleasantly surprised. Um, obviously, you have the single uh, of "I Like It," which samples the uh, the Latin hit "I Like It Like That." Uh, overall, this song, this album, was a very creative, very interesting album uh, with a lot of good, solid tracks that you could put on at a party. Um, and despite some of the obnoxiousness of it, I think Cardi B does a good job of carrying it and running with it yeah there's some ludicrousness to it but she does a good job of 
owning it and presenting it in a way where you're not rolling your eyes. Side note, Cardi, whichever one of those stupid Migos men you were dating, just just like I would just sue his ass offset. for interrupting your concert. That shit was offset. Offset. Fuck you, and just just go fuck off. You. Why, He's offset. You, I don't have any more to say because I I can't top that. Anyway, moving on. Someone else. Um, I'll bring up an album that was already brought up. Uh, the Carter Five, Lil Wayne. Um, not only the biggest surprise album for me, but sort of the the biggest surprise existential moment where I had to grasp: Am I a Lil Wayne fan? Is is that is that the route that we're going down? <laughs> is that is that what is that what's hot in the streets right now? Um, yeah, this this album um, in a in a different way than Rebirth, but um, <laughs> it was uh, it was it was a fun it's a fun roller coaster ride that I was very sad to get off from. Even though I agree with um, Alex's prior point that it was probably uh, 20 minutes too long um, uh, for me as someone who didn't come into it as a little Wayne fan to come out enjoying it and um have this sense of satisfaction for all those waniacs out there um who uh were hotly anticipating this album and um got something good out of it after five years or however long it was um uh it was a good it was a good feeling i i, I feel glad for for all those people who waited uh to have uh an album this good come out and so yeah lil wayne uh the carter five surprisingly good chris we touched on it but i think I, I have to add surprisingly good despite that album cover yes despite that horrible album cover um that looks like it would be in like 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 say you're playing like i don't like uh like rainbow six or something like that and, and the map is like somebody's house like i could see that being in one of the picture frames just like uh something that like a graphic design intern cobbled together um, apart from that logo, it was a cool logo, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> go into iTunes, uh, control I will open up the get info menu and, and you can just delete the album cover and enjoy the album that way. You can enjoy him, uh, sampling his own deposition, which was, uh, one of many great moments on that album. T'Angelo, biggest surprise. Uh, biggest surprise, uh, my guy, buddy, um, he's been dropping like, EPs for the past like two years or so. Um, I feel like this was his first like full length project. Um, he had a a song that was uh, yeah he had a song uh, off the Harlan and Alondra tape called Black uh, featuring ASAP Ferg. I thought the song was amazing, but the song blew up um, because um, some amazing female dancers uh, did a dance video to the song. And the song blew up because of the video. It was, if you haven't heard the song, I definitely recommend going to listen to it. Definitely like a black power. Um, let's do everything as black as we possibly fucking can. Um, and it was, it was just an empowering song. Uh, the project itself, uh, it was solid all the way through. Um, I didn't know what to expect because again, I hadn't heard more than like EPs from him. Um, so I, I took biggest surprise as, he put out a, a full-length project um, that I was impressed with. So, salute to Buddy. Uh, formerly signed to Pharrell. So, if you, you might have heard the name before just because of that. Ryan, biggest surprise. 
Dashboard confessional. You don't even know. Um, no, so uh, this is going to be real controversial. Oh, God. Um, but the biggest surprise album uh, of the year is Kid See Ghosts with uh, Kid Cudi and some other guy who, who I don't know his name. So, But it's yeah, Kid Cudi's yeah, new project. <laughs> and it is – so it's one of those seven-track-long albums that – um, Kid Cudi and some other guy made, but I was shocked at how good that shit is. Kid Cudi can make a damn good song and an even better album, and it flowed so well. And the other guy, whoever that is, he he picked some real good samples for the songs. Um, but it was great. Um, they had a song. Kid Cudi specifically had a song with Yasin Bey. Uh, I think it's Kidsy Ghosts, and it is one of the best songs of the year. It is so fucking good, and I'm surprised. Everyone listened to Kidsy Ghosts, except for T'Angelo. Oh, I know exactly who the other guy is. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We don't talk about him. I think his name is Tom. Something like Tom? that. Tom, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Tom. Yeah, I think that's it. Uncle Tom Ye. Uncle Tom Ye. Or is it Johnny Quest? Kanye Quest. That's a children's show I would would have watched up until 2018 would be uh, Kanye Quest. What, right right until they have uh, um, Baron Trump yeah. as a guest spot. And you're like, oh, pull Uncle we gotta go. We got to go stop all those all those bad robbers at the border. Come on, Johnny. This, a, this show got real weird real fast. It did, oh, man. It really did. Uh, <laughs> you so fucking left. <laughs> you be going left as shit. Oh, my God. Um, so we get to what usually is my favorite category in this in in this in this every time we do the riff and rock riff and rockies and it's worst album worst album is just a great way to lambast um a project to to try and understand what in the hell went wrong and i the thing that's special just as we've discussed already 2018 is ripe with delicious delicious fruit to pick for the, from the worst album tree oh jesus christ there's kid Tiangelo, I don't think you've gone first in a while. Tell, tell us about your worst album of the year. Worst album of the year is Future and Juice World. Okay? I will start this statement out as individually. They have had uh, a reasonably successful year. Together, these guys are some dumb fucks. Oh. <laughs> first off, I don't know who the fuck told Future and Juice World to get together. You motherfuckers damn near sound motherfucking name. Juice World got his whole swag from Future. What if that's like putting Future and Designer on a song and said this shit is gonna be magical? No, sir. That shit. Whoever was the A and R team behind this shit, fire him, fire him, fire him, fire him, and fire him again. Make sure they don't get another another motherfucking job again. Let me tell you, man. In theory, Future and Juice World, he's like, oh shit, this shit might go crazy. You put on the first song, you'd be like, oh, my God, what the fuck is about to happen? The only good song off the project is a song that does not have Future and Juice World both on it. It is a song with Future and Nicki Minaj called Transformer. 
That's the only mother. I, I was deleting music off my phone the other day. I went to this album. I said, oh, shit, delete the whole album. Then I was like, oh, shit. That song with Nicki Minaj was dope. I deleted the whole fucking project except for that one song. Keep in mind, it is a future and Juice World project. And I did not want any song that had Juice World on. This guy is amazing by himself. He is terrible as a future. Absolutely terrible. This guy makes solo music. He needs to continue to make solo music. Future can do this shit by himself or with anybody else in the fucking musical universe. Because I guess he's just that motherfucking diverse. This guy did a fucking commercial with Cher. I'll never forget that. He did a fucking Gap commercial with Cher. Future will forever be a legend just for that shit right there. But that, that shit, that might just be me. Uh, but outside of that, the job is trash, 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 trash. It, no, I don't even want to say it. It's better than a Death Grip album. It's definitely better than any Death Grip album. I would listen to this project. Fuck Death Grip. Death Grip is ass. Fuck you guys for even listening to them. And I'm talking specifically to Chris <laughs> Allen. Those guys are fucking out. Wow. T'Angelo, I got the nasty in my taxi, and you're always welcome to have a ride. No! Uber. <laughs> <laughs> outside of that, I do not recommend this album outside of Transformer, Future Nicki Minaj. And with that, uh, <laughs> good good call on referencing uh, Black Dice. Wow, that was a deep cut. Uh, anyway, Chris, I want you to tell 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 the world about this album because it's an amazing album, and I think scientists will be studying it for years. All right. For, first, first, I gotta build up here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about some of these shitty albums. So I went through my release calendar in preparation for this episode, just because, like, you know, after 365 days, you know, it's, it's just, I've just sort of gotten the impression that 2018 is a bad year. But I wanted, I wanted to really dive in there and see how bad it really was. And so I was able to come up with 25 duds. Um, for artists that that I respect and like, um, and and they just drop the ball. Uh, starting off with Tune Yards, um, who are a, a great indie pop band. They put out the first album that I checked out from this year that was new, um, and it just sort of down uh, started the downward spiral. Um, already mentioned Death Grips. I wasn't too into that album. Um, I don't know. It might be a grower, maybe. But uh, I, I just I missed that time where Death Grips was a scary band and not putting out singles like Death Grips is online, which would be comfortable in the rave scene in the Matrix, um, because that's that's not too scary. Um, Suspiria, great film, uh, shitty Tom York soundtrack. Mid 90s, great film, shitty Trent Reznor soundtrack Two soundtrack people who shouldn't be able to make a shitty soundtrack. I don't know that that kind of blew my mind. Uh, Jack White's album, also an album that I wasn't a fan of. Um, even though he took risks, he, he, he broke somewhat out of the blues rock, uh, mold that he has, uh, solidly encased himself in. Um, it, it, it was somewhat of a failure. Perfect Circle, uh, that album sucked. I don't know what you're talking about, Ryan. Uh, the, <laughs> um, wrong. The, <laughs> uh, Kamasi Washington, what, what happened? Why'd you give us three hours of shit? Um, Muse. I, I'm not even getting into Muse. Um, but at the top of the heap, 
it's not Greta Van Fleet, surprisingly, even though that album uh, made me want to, uh, as I said in a previous episode, drive into oncoming traffic. Um, no. Worst album of the year goes to Tom Morello with the Atlas Underground. What the fuck are you doing, Tom? Tom, come here. I want yeah, you to sit down. I want you to sit down, Tom. I, I got something to say to you here. What Tom, did he do? I don't... I don't know. Oh, you haven't heard this album? Oh, I heard it. it I don't understand. The Oh, another shitty thing that, that ties into this. So Record Store Day of November, the, the November Record Store Day, not a single good release. The one thing that I was looking forward to was this album, which was getting an instrumental release, because I'd heard that he had collaborated with uh, a bunch of rappers and young upstarts and electronic artists. And Marcus Mumford. And Marcus Mumford, and I was super uh, hesitant because of the train wreck that Prophets of Rage is, that even when he's doing uh, some cool guitar work, when you have uh, the fucking guy from um, Cypress Hill rapping over it, it just turns it into a horrible mess. But I was ready for this instrumental album until I heard some of the songs off this album, and I said, not even taking out the vocalists can save this fucking album. It just it blows my mind. I'm not asking for you, Tom, to, to go out there and, and recreate your guitar heroics from, from Rage Against the Machine or anything like that. I'm not asking you to go backwards to, to satisfy the people who like that shit. I just want you to do something good, dude, <laughs> and you can't do it. What's going on, man? Yeah, See me I would after have class. Just taken, I would have just accepted another Night Watchman album. I would but, too. I don't even like Night Watchmen, but fuck, it's better than Atlas Underground. God yeah. damn, Tom, homie, come <laughs> home. So I live in his hometown, um, and he comes here during the holidays. So um, you better harass him at, at my ears to the ground <laughs> to see if he's in town, so I could bum rush him and be like, "What the fuck did you do, Tom? You should stay underground." This album. To its credit, is so baffling in every decision, and it's like, it's like he just actively chose every bad decision he could make at once, and like it's it's a bad sign when the best song on the album is the one that features fucking Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons, <laughs> like that's not a good sign. That's that's very dangerous. Um. See, Ryan may get upset by this, but I was when I was talking to Alex about this album earlier, I suggested that Tom Morello should join Muse so that they can trend chase their way to the top, because that is what this album and Simulation Theory are both doing. Yeah, it just randomly, like, well, I don't even think it's trend chasing. He's like seven, eight years off the mark because this album starts Well, no, he's some... chasing. He's just, he's just slow. He's just going to be eight years behind all the trends, yeah. but he's following the trends. How much fucking dubstep was in this album? It is. Oh, insane. too much. There, it's it. Have hey, you at done? least Muse tried. But that, like, <laughs> Tom it, tried too. He I tried mean, look, pretty fucking hard. Look at this beautiful album cover with a hippopotamus with wings. It's, it's yeah. He's he's the hippopotamus you can't see that didn't fly and fell into the fucking cesspool of shit that this album came from. I it's called Felix guys. If you played Magic the Gathering, you would know this. <laughs> I, I like this album for the fact that it's every bad decision at once, and I feel like scientists need to study it for future generations. It is it's it's 
awfulness is baffling in a fantastic way. It is just, like, and kind of like the, the Oxnard album, but even worse, there's some really solid people on this album. You have Big Boy, you got Killer Mike, Gary Clark Jr. You have the Jizza and the Rizza on one track. Uh, and it is just the most fucking insane record I have ever heard in my life. It is wild. I think it's time that Zach De La Roca come out of retirement and Yo, bury the He was the supposed to put more music out this year. Or, wh- or when did that single come out? Was it 16 or 17? God, who knows at this point? He, he oh, is... I thought it was like 13. Well, there was oh, one wow. Day, one, one I would day, be surprised. And One Day as a Lion was supposed to have a full album? That was a decade ago, guys. Uh, Rage just needs to get back together. I mean, Rage needs to get back together and and fucking, like, destroy the White House with, like, a sonic blast or something like that. And that will right all the wrongs of 2018. Set us back to when Obama's president and things are good. I wouldn't say things were good, but, you know. They, but they were better. They were better. It was, it was easier to be gay or not white at that time. True statement. <laughs> Ryan, worst album of 2018. <laughs> so I couldn't settle on one. There's there's a lot of trash floating around. Um, But I'm just going to... I don't know. I can't make a decision, so I'll just say everyone's still making Christmas albums because they're none of them are good, and people are still making them. And like Michael Bublé and fucking John Legend, dude. Michael Bublé, he has he's set for life. He will be continually making uh, uh, music for postmenopausal women until the day he dies, and that's just his lot in life. Yeah, but it's not it's not for me and it's not good. <laughs> I'm glad both, he, I'm glad he got his things. nut, but like I have to listen to this shit for two two to three months out of the goddamn year. I'm not alright with that. Um but yeah, like stop making Christmas music, guys. It's not good. So you're That's saying it. that Christmas music is the worst music of, of twenty eighteen? Yeah. I'm into that. Especially the Christmas music that came out in 2018. I just saw this um, this album came up on a leak site that I go to, and I, I kind of wanted to check it out. They did a pop punk ghost Christmas album. No, which sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it's gonna be three chord renditions of all your favorite Christmas songs. Frosty the Snowman. That one's not in public domain, so they can't do that one. It'll have to be a Holy Night or one of the other ones. They could just do like a like a psalm. Thirty renditions of Jingle Bells. One of my coworkers had the Christmas music on before Halloween. No. Thank God I, I don't have to frequent that office often. But it wasn't ironic, right? It wasn't no, a joke. No, and I like okay. I made a comment. She's like, I just really love Christmas. It's just it's so wonderful. And I'm like, okay, you do you. You do you. Well, c- considering the setting, I don't completely disagree. I. But, <laughs> but still, it's very unsettling. Here, here, the funny thing is, is that actually, I mean, Ryan is right, because Christmas music is just the bottom in my, I, I would agree. But... 
Wow. One of Lori's favorite artists, uh, Ingrid Michaelson, put out a Christmas album this year, and she bought it on vinyl, so we had to put it on the record player. And I was, I was actually, it was the one of the only Christmas albums I've ever listened to where I'm like, I don't hate this. I am okay on it. You know, I will say also, the Flaming Lips put out a Christmas album. Uh, that was pretty cool. Just, just gonna throw that out there. Nope. Bob Dylan nope. once put out a Christmas album. That's the only one I listened to because he had to make it because he lost a bet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so qu- quickly, I'm I'm looking at the the Punkos Christmas uh, Deluxe Edition track list, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so August Burns Red. I've heard of them. I don't know who they are, but they did the Home Alone theme. That's that's weird, right? Like, I get it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas song. I mean, it's you better I mean? than, like, Green Day doing a complete uh, script reading of Die Hard. It could get weirder. No, they're, like, Yellow Card is the biggest name on here. Green Day is is no... Or, no, Newfound Glory, I, I guess they're their name. I don't know if Yellow Card is better than them, but... <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all garbage. So who cares? That's a, that's an Why are these bands of... still together? They haven't been relevant for... 20 years because now it's come back around where everyone that listened to that stuff in high school is having kids and that they're like man i'm gonna revisit my youth I'm gonna you have to youth. listen to real music son i saw august burns red at warp tour 98 <laughs> i got so much um i don't this know is where I I I, those... this is where i met your mother at the half port the half at the porto near the half pipe she gave me one of those rubber bracelets, the the blue one that means I want to make out with you. Was that something back in the nineties, or was that later? The snap I don't ones? know. The ones that were like, no, the little the little wristbands. The like, I mean, I I know what I know what game I'm going to be playing on uh, on on New Year's Eve. Going to see if I can get some some rubber band makeout action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you meant like you're going to play Tony Hawk until it's midnight and then promptly fall asleep. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. Twilight, everybody. Twilight Zone is too spooky, so I'm just going to play Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I had five worst albums that just got Holy worse. shit. Well, Do you know what the meaning of worst is? Well, so Says the me, guy that just lumped in every Christmas album. I mean, to be, to be fair, he put every album from the year into Biggest Letdown. So I, mean, yeah. I think I think we're past the point of, of putting limits. Common sense, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so one I already mentioned, uh, Man of the Woods by Justin Timberlake. That would be my number five. Uh, I've explained it. I don't need to explain it again. Uh Number four, uh, Chris and I reviewed this in a recent episode, uh, the, uh, the Greta Van Fleet album is just a shitty, lazy Led Zeppelin ripoff that we, we tore into it enough, um, it's really bad, and it got nominated for a Grammy, like I predicted it would, the prophecy you, you is coming it. true, and the pits of hell are soon to open up and swallow us whole. Little and- Nicky's gonna, gonna poke us all in the butt with a pitchfork. Deep Adam Sandler reference? I'm upset by this. But... <laughs> Um, at number three, um, like Chris Nam- said before, uh, The Atlas Underground by Tom Morello. It's, I think, effectively a worse album than the other two. It's just so baffling that it fascinates me, and so it, like, it kind of hovers. Number two, um, I'm really embarrassed that I listened to this whole thing. Uh, Little Zan's uh, Total Zanarchy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I listened to this entire record. 
it, it is it's fucking trash. It is shocking how trash it is. Number one, this album cover looks like child pornography. It's really upsetting. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> let let me. You got to bring up the Cheetos thing. If, I, I got to You got to And Lil, Lil Xan, um apparently went to the hospital for eating too many flaming hot Cheetos. It's uh, for for a man who is named after a benzodiazepine and has a rep- had a rep- went to rehab. Apparently, <laughs> this album is insane in how terrible it is. It's the laziest trap style beats, and then he just says the same lyrics for about three minutes. Usually, there's about maybe a collective of twenty words per song. Um, and, uh, it, then it's over and he does this for 15 tracks and a remix track, which I skipped. Um, this is fucking wild. If you want a, uh, bad music 101 course, little Zan's total Xanarchy is that course. It is a masterclass and how to be the laziest fucking tail, uh, tailcoat rider you could ever be. Um, my my general thesis for 2018 was that trap music had the best and worst year. Best because it's really blown up in the mainstream. I know it was big in, in the last couple of years, but I think this year it's undeniable how strong of an influence it has. Worst because garbage like this is now also permeating and influencing the youth. Um, I would if I were the president of the United States, number one, I would tear down all the fencing. And number two, I would make Lil Xan illegal. I would just say, you're against the law, Lil Xan. Uh, you would stomp down on the Xanarchy? Oh, I would crush the Xanarchy with the most iron of fists. <laughs> Both iron. It's... Tangela, did you listen to Total Xanarchy? Three songs. Couldn't make it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I, I forced myself because I'm like, I just, I have to, fi- I have to find out what what the deal is and uh the deal is that whoever is promoting this man really needs to stop hurting america but none of that compares to my worst album of 2018 which was um culture 2 by migos which is you're crazy (laughs) you're crazy for this one alex but please continue it's your boy uh and i'm about to tell you (laughs) Much like Jay-Z once said, Culture 2 has 99 problems, but actually, <laughs> coincidentally, because of Offset's nonsense, a bitch is one. Um, <laughs> nailed it. This album is a hundred and some minutes long. It is boring as shit, and it is unbelievably lazily written. And then I just discovered that apparently Culture 3 is already locked in the chamber, ready to release in early 2019. There yeah. is no quality control. And the Culture 2, let me get to, is also part of a larger epidemic, which I'll touch on in a second. Culture 2 had no quality control. It is a dump of sub-average songs, lazily written, hastily put together, with no creative energy put into them. Every song has the same... I am right, and let, let, let me explain why. Culture 2, every song sounds the same and has the same structure and cadence. It is... Here is a line. Someone in the background has a call out. So I went to the park. Park. I saw a duck. Quack. I fed it a cracker. Snap. And it flew away. Skirt, skirt. And that is it for, I don't know, I think it was 3,000 songs. It, it just felt that long. <laughs> 
these I gave these guys credit for Culture One because I it, it felt kind of fresh and interesting. At this point, I have no indication that anyone in Migos actually has any level of creativity. They had one idea that they have milked and milked and milked. I understand all three of these guys have put out solo records, which to me is very concerning. Um, and, that <laughs> and that they're about to put out another probably thousand minute long album to maximize Spotify algorithms. Uh, in a, because they're no longer printing money from Culture 2. And Culture 2 is the pinnacle of the issue that happened where artists were releasing really bad albums that were very long, such as Drake's Scorpion. I didn't even listen to it, but I just know it's bad because it's a Drake album and it's, and it's like <laughs> six hours long. Um, Ow. But but the, the but the point really is is that that these albums no longer have any sense of quality control because they need to put out as many tracks as possible to capitalize on the Spotify algorithm to to maximize profits. So at no point anymore are records actually being cultivated for a creative endeavor. It's how do I maximize the profit off of this because it's all based on streams. And so there's no incentive to go, this is a bad song, put it on the B-side album, we should cut this, we should do this. It's, no, every fucking terrible idea you have, you need to put on the record because then it's going to play longer and you're going to get more sub-pennies to fill your coffers. Skirt, skirt! <laughs> so not only is Culture 2 a boring disaster, it is the epicenter of a horrible epidemic that will really put a serious damper on the album as an art form. So fuck you, Migos. Fuck you, Offset, for ruining Cardi B's concert, who is actually a talented <laughs> artist, unless you, unlike you goddamn hack fraud. Fuck this nonsense. Wow. I just want to, I just have, just want to add, um, uh, so he says, uh, Culture Jewish asks, I recommend listening to Flooded, Gang Gang, uh, Narcos, Notice Me, Superstars, Too Much Jewelry, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna stop there. And you will find that all of them sound the same. I'm sorry, the skirt skirts really got me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a beautiful capstone to a far too long rant. But let's talk right, about the, let's talk about the best album. Okay, I will make this quick. Uh, salute to my boy Trippy Red, who put out two projects this year. Uh, the better of the two was the first project. Um, it's called Life's a Trip. Um, I recommend this album one because it was original. Uh, Trippy Red is. Um, an artist who very much has his own sound. I don't think anybody sounds like Trippy Red right now. Um, he has uh, an uncanny ability of rapping and singing, but his singing actually feels like he could just do that and not have to rap ever again. Um, yeah, I don't want my fiance to get pissed, though. <laughs> That's all I really got to say, fellas. Uh, check out Trippy Red. Life's a trip. Uh, thank you guys for uh, Riffin' Rocky 2018. All right. Um, I'll go next. Uh, this was a really hard 
pick to make because nothing really knocked me off my feet the way I wanted it to. Uh, a couple quick nominees, though. Lucy Dac- Dacus's Historian was a really, really good record. Um, a little overhyped at this point, but still a really solid record was also Mitski's Be the Cowboy. Uh, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and like I mentioned before, Vince Staples is FM. And, uh, and, uh, but my, my, uh, album for 2018 is one that came out much earlier in the year. And that will be uh, fresh lives volume one by Mobley. And when I think of the record, I kept going back to, and I kept listening to over and over and just had the most fun with it was Mobley's fresh lives volume one, all the fanboy gushing I did on that episode still re- remains true. I listened to this album just earlier today and I'm like, yeah, this is the one that fits. It's just some of the most solid pop music that's that's been constructed recently. Uh, he's got just such a serious knack for creating a catchy hook and creating a catchy hook with some unique sounds and ideas. Uh, I'm still very excited for him. This is this is easily my 2018 best of. That's a good pick. What'd you pick, Ryan? Thank you. Me? Man, I'm pissed Tangelo logged off and he's never going to listen to this episode because... <laughs> <laughs> Because my best album is Drake Scorpion. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Fuck Drake. Fuck Drake. He's a talentless hack. Um, but my, my pick for best album is <clears throat> uh, Kids See Ghosts. I, I've been listening to this shit over and over again, and it's, I can't quit it. It's like, it's, it's that good. And it really sucks that Kanye's been fucking up that much. That I I feel bad for giving this the album of the year because it's there's nothing like it. I've never heard anything like this album before, and it works on every level except for the whole racist level. But now he's backtracking all that stuff. I don't. It, he's of course he is. He's he's on a roller coaster, and the only per- person that can help him is his therapist and I- himself. An, ex, an expert of the criminal justice system, Kim Kardashian. Hey, she's trying. I mean, she's also a proponent for um, uh, the was Armenian genocide, or not a proponent of, but <laughs> getting it recognized and getting reparations. Say <laughs> what? She is vehemently <laughs> against the Armenian genocide, guys. It's a weird opinion to take that she's really so pro Armenian genocide. That's yeah, a I, hot take. Chris. Um, yeah. Uh, best album of the year. Real Things in Sharp Places. Uh, John Farrar and Seth Mutal. Um, full disclosure, John is my friend. Um, <laughs> I feel important to say that. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, it's a good album. It's, it's like, like I wanted to, to pick another thing because of the fact that we're friends. But I mean, that's, that's just how the, how the pachinko ball fell. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, bass and drums album, not a drum in bass album, but an album that is comprised solely of bass guitar and drums, um, playing these really pretty intricate, um, uh, sometimes uh, complex uh, and intense um, songs that are that are just they they have a really good really uh, not unlike orbit it leaves you with a good clean feeling 
um, is how I would describe this album. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's, some people may call it uh plugola, but I think it's a beautiful thing that a friend of mine put out the, uh, my favorite album of the year. So real things in sharp places, check it out. Where can we check it out? The band camp. Uh, he, his band camp page is probably on Spotify. It's probably on iTunes. Um, before we wrap up, I also wanted to bring up one thing that I wanted to bring up with D'Angelo was here, but, um, what do you, what do you guys think about fucking uh, Soldier Boy selling consumer electronics now? Wait, like, what? That's, that's, have you not heard of this? <laughs> no. Okay. So Soldier Boy figured out that you can go to like a Chinese website and like monogram uh, like emulator consoles and uh, and like smartwatches and shit. And so if you go to, I think it's is it Soldier Watch. Soldier Watch, yes, SoldierWatch.com. Um, you can get the the titular Soldier Watch. You can get a uh, 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 AirPod knockoffs. You can get uh, you what can get Beats by Dre knockoffs. Fuck? You can get a Nintendo Switch knockoff. You can get an NES knockoff. You can what? get the Soldier Phone. Um, it's it's just crazy. I would say that the the worst Soldier Watch product of the year award goes to the titular Soldier Watch because it's a twenty dollars smartwatch, and if that doesn't if that isn't suspect, then I don't know what the fuck is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would say I know we don't have a category for this, um, but I would say biggest head scratcher of the year would be Soldier Boy coming out of uh, retirement to uh, to to get into consumer electronics. Oh my God, this is a real website. Oh, and it's shit. Wow, it ships from the Russian Federation or China. <laughs> Man, my, my antivirus is throwing up all sorts of flags on this. Wow, that is twenty dollars. Oh my god. Do I buy the Soldier Watch? Well, you could get it with or without the box. Same price. Wow. <laughs> but you can get it with or without. I kind of want to. There's like a little soldier chat thing here, and I kind of want to chat and be like, "Yo, what's going on, dude?" <laughs> so what's really what? going on here? What who is this you, watch going to kill me? Who do you owe money to? I think this watch is is like it's another Russian interference tactic to turn us all into sleeper agents uh, to to do their Soviet bidding. Every time I click <laughs> on a product, the website like won't load it. It doesn't want to. The web <laughs> the web the server is fighting back. This is um, amazing, guys. Yeah. I my goal for 2019 is to get this to get Soldier Watch to sponsor this show. That would be yes, incredible. please. Should we should we do a crowdfunding thing where we we get three of these products and review them? <laughs> <laughs> I could be the like... Riff and Rock Tech Talk. <laughs> I, I really feel like that they're like all of these have some sort of device that's listening in on us. Oh, absolutely. No just a touch of uranium. <laughs> Please remove a sample of blood from your precious human corpse and put it inside the phone. <laughs> oh boy, um, we can't top this. So I'm wait, call... <laughs> wait, no, I have to do the worst song and the best song of the year. All right, and like this is not up for debate. This is this is it. Because you guys are going to agree. So, for best song of the year, obviously, 
It's Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney came out with a song called Fuck You, and it's oh, just about it how you? his... Isn't it, not, isn't it not a straight fuck? It's it F-U-H. Okay, fuck you. So, fuck you. <laughs> and it's about his 80-year-old bone corpse and how he just wants to have... He just wants to know how you feel on the inside through your vagina or your anal cavity or your mouth cavity. Wait, what? And, and over and over again... While he he sucks the life out of you because he is the Lich Lord, and it's got a techno beat kind of, it's like a poppy Coldplay kind of sound. Whoa! And it is by far the best song I'm look, of time. I'm looking at the lyrics for this. I could stay up half the night trying to crack your code. Oh yeah, that's suggestive. I mean, the chorus is "I just want to fuck you." He's trying to hack his soldier pad. <laughs> oh my god. But the worst song, absolute worst song of 2018, was the National Anthem. Now, now, before you guys like, hop on me and say, Ryan, the National Anthem has been around for at least 12 years, hang on. It is Fergie's version of the National Anthem with the jazz bass and the jazz snare at the NBA All-Star Game earlier this year. If you guys have not heard the song yet, drop everything Ooh. and listen to Fergie's national anthem. I um I have it on now. It sounds like they have Audrey's theme from Twin Peaks with Fergie singing the national anthem. Exactly, that is it. It's very weird. Um, even LeBron LeBron keeps a straight face though. Props to LeBron. Not champ. at the end, everyone starts laughing at her. Even Jimmy Kimmel. Wait, Kimmel's here? Oh, yeah, he's there. Okay, well, let's play some basketball. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, let's head to the court and play right now. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> 